Two of the biggest names in American media are talking about a merger. We get a look into the earnings of the top female athletes, and Florida State might try to leave the ACC. It's Friday, December 22nd. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Discovery and Paramount, parent of CBS, are discussing a merger. Joining me now to discuss is Front Office Sports newsletter co-author Eric Fisher. Welcome, Eric. Hello. So what stage are we in for this potential merger of media giants? More at the beginning, uh, I would say past sort of a very initial exploratory phase, but certainly not to any sort of board approval stage or anything. I, I would say we're sort of in the early kicking of tires um that there's some circling around of interest but we're we're still a ways away from any sort of term sheets and that kind of thing uh-huh and do we have a sense of what's motivating the merger uh, driving further growth that um you know wall street's kind of a brutal place and uh there's so much expectations on companies across all industries to drive further and further growth. And even though Warner Brothers Discovery is doing pretty well in in a number of respects and have just sort of come through the other side of the uh, actors and writers strike, uh, you know, given all their entertainment exposure, um, you know, and have sort of executed the Discovery merger, um, there's always that hunger for more. And that's, again, way symptomatic beyond uh, the sports industry or even the media industry, uh, that there's that hunger for that next big thing. And that's sort of in the water on this one, too. I think kind of a brutal place is a pretty good tagline for Wall Street in general. Uh, so WBD has NBA rights. CBS is, among other things, a major NFL broadcaster. What would a combined company mean for sports media? Uh, in some ways, not that different. In some ways, huge. And when I say not that different, uh, see, uh, these two companies are already working together very closely on March Madness and have been for quite some time now. And that collaborative deal is really still something, you know, decade plus in, you know, still something of an anomaly in the sports media realm. And there's such a mutual respect and a cooperation in terms of pulling that major event off year after year and delivering product innovation year after year. It's really an interesting thing. And if this deal comes to fruition, I'd be very curious in the postmortems to really uncover to what extent that March Madness relationship proved influential in pulling all this together. But that's my own sense of, uh, you know, where this may be heading. But uh, again, there's there's already a, a cooperative spirit there where this could get even bigger and more impactful is TNT. 20 plus years ago, 25 years ago, had NFL rights. Um, hasn't had them, you know, again, for this generation plus. And so to potentially have NFL rights again in this newly merged entity, really interesting. But, you know, this is sort of a recurring theme that everything old is new again. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and even if the the companies agree to a merger, they still have to get through the government. Are there potential regulatory pool? Yeah. A- anytime you have any of these big mega mergers, it takes a long, long time to sift through. And again, Warner Brothers uh, Discovery just went through this with the, with the Discovery merger to create the entity that now exists, and that was a very long time in running. And so, 
even if we were to have a deal announcement tomorrow and we're not, uh, we'd be looking at a year plus of regulatory review. So any sort of tangible impact would be well into 2025. And I, you and that would be a similar expectation as to whenever the clock starts on this, if the clock starts. Right. And of course, 2024 being an election year, the, the regulators may be different people by the, you know, midway through the process. So, oh, without question. Yeah. And that, that's the other half of this. And, and you've got to, you know, in the case of Warner Brothers Discovery, you know, a company, you know, well, both sides, really. But I'm thinking particularly CNN, but CBS News, these are companies with big news exposure as well. So they're going to be front and center sort of covering all of that transition. Right. And and. The sports might be the biggest business here, but the news might be where you know, regulators are most sensitive around, you know, creating fewer and fewer players um, right. in the marketplace. Anything else you're watching out for as as this uh, potential deal unfolds? To the extent that you may have bits and pieces spun out of this, that, you know, there's been some suggestion that maybe this wouldn't be a wholesale merger of all of both companies that maybe there would be bits and pieces um, coming out of this. And that may be a way getting to the, uh, the finish line on this. If in fact, a combination makes sense. Um, but again, this really kind of speaks to a, a larger situation and that hunger for growth. So even if there may be a deal here in whole or in part, you know, we should be looking at other players in terms of Comcast and NBC Universal and what they have. Um, certainly, we've had a lot of conversations about Disney and what they're doing vis-a-vis um, -vis ESPN and their linear networks. Um, nothing is really going to be staying static here. And so we're talking about this one now, but some of these larger forces are going to be hitting all of the major media players in various ways, shapes and forms. Absolutely. Eric Fisher, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. FC Barcelona played a night game on Wednesday, holding off Almeria, the bottom team in La Liga, to win 3-2. The team then got on a plane so that they could take a red eye to Dallas so that they could play a friendly match against Liga MX team Club America at the Cotton Bowl Stadium the very next night. Friendlies are commonplace in the soccer world, but not ones in the middle of the season when Barca is competing for a top spot in La Liga, and this is only going to put more wear and tear on their players. So why do they do that? Well, reportedly, the team will make $5.5 million for the game, and for Barcelona, every dollar counts. The Story Club reported an operating loss of $212 million last season and is operating debts of $1.27 billion. So until they get back on track financially, the team may have more red eyes in its future. Forbes has published its annual list of the highest paid female athletes combining player contracts, prize money, and off-field earnings like endorsements. And there is a very clear trend among female athletes. The top earner is number one ranked tennis player, Iga Swiatek, with $24 million, including $14 million off the court. She's followed by skier Eileen Gu, who makes $22 million in endorsements. And then the next eight athletes are tennis players. Of the top 20 female earners, three of them, Megan Rapinoe, Candace Parker, and Alex Morgan, play team sports. In tennis, the Grand Slam tournaments give equal prize money to men and women, thank you Billie Jean King, which is why most of this list is tennis players. For nearly every other female athlete, making multi-millions comes from fame and endorsements, not salaries or winnings. Up next, Florida State already wasn't thrilled with its college conference and getting left out of the college football playoff after an undefeated season only added salt to that wound. Now the school could be getting serious about leaving. My colleague David Rumsey came on to discuss all the permutations there, and that conversation is coming up next. 
Florida State officials are meeting to discuss ways it might exit the ACC after being left out of the college football playoff. Joining me now to discuss is Front Office Sports newsletter co-author David Rumsey. Welcome, David. Hey, Owen. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on. So, yeah, just take us through what Florida State is is looking into here, how they might actually leave this conference where they're right now contractually bound into the 2030s. Right. You do have that right. But this story goes back to probably years ago, but really this summer when Florida State was starting to get really unhappy with their place in the ACC as the Pac-12 dissolved and conference realignment, you know, shook college football up into what's going to be a power four now. And the ACC's place has just been going down and down. And they're much, much lower than the Big Ten and SEC in media rights revenue. You know, schools are projected to bring in less $30 million less annually each per year in the coming years than the uh, schools in the Big Ten and the SEC at least. So that's not great for Florida State, right? Or Clemson, who are maybe at the top of the ACC, and they're kind of frustrated. They want to be able to have more revenue, obviously, so they can compete, build more facilities, hire uh, more coaches, everything, right? Money talks. And obviously, we all know now very well the CFP snub for Florida State, and that I think that just kind of kicked it into overdrive. They'd kind of settled on this place of, all right, we're not happy with where we are in the ACC, but... We can't do much about it because we have this $120 million buyout plus maybe any legal fees that would be associated with getting out of their contract with the ACC. But, you know, when you go undefeated in a football season, you win a conference championship and you get snubbed over teams from other conferences that, you know, had one loss. I think that just really irritated their leaders. So now here we are on Friday morning, they're going to have a board meeting and start talking about allegedly, according to reports, you know, how can we get out of the ACC? And I think they're really serious this time. Yeah. And you mentioned that $120 million fee that they would, you know, be on the hook for if they did leave the conference. Do we know anything about any, you know, potential attempts to get around that fee? I think they're having their lawyers look into it, right? As well as uh, lawyers from Clemson and maybe any other schools that would be interested in getting out as well. And, you know, that's not cheap either. So that's where these kind of extra additional legal fees come in. But yeah, they're going to challenge their grant of rights, which is basically what all these schools uh, agreed to, to get into contract together to, as you mentioned, uh, through 2036, they're selling their rights, media rights together. And in this case, ESPN, Disney has them and at a pretty, um, you know, lower price than what a lot of other networks, including ESPN, are paying for rights to the SEC or, or, or the Big Ten. And those deals are shorter. And those deals are actually going to come up again before 2036. So looking down the road, it's just, you know, I think a school like Florida State is just thinking, man, we're just going to get lapped over and over again. We're getting this, you know, incremental, um, you know, small media rights fee comparatively. And it's only the gap is only going to get bigger as, um, you know, the Big Ten grows, you know, who, who knows who else they might add or the SEC grows. Right. So that, that's what they're looking at. And on the ACC's end, uh, I hear there's some chatter of them reforming how they do things to reward success at least a little bit more. Do we know anything on that end? Yeah, so in 2024, they are going to start incentivizing schools to win a little bit more or pay out schools who win a little bit more. But they're not adding to the pie 
by that way necessarily. They're simply divvying it up a little bit differently. So if a Florida State or a Miami or a Clemson wins more football games or basketball games or gets a better postseason berth, then they'll get a little bit more of the conference revenue distribution as opposed to the traditional model of everybody gets the same piece of, of the pie, but you know it's big enough that everybody's happy with it. So that is going to happen, but it's just not enough to make a school like Florida State happy with the state that they're in. And this is a different scenario because, as you said, the their ACC contract runs through 2036, whereas with the Pac-12 situation, it was just through um, through next year. Um, but if Florida State and Clemson leave, that feels to me a lot like USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12. And, you know, could that set off another of these domino effects of, you know, this, this conference is less and less worth it? I mean, maybe for the remaining teams, they'd say, well, at least you know, less to, to or few, fewer teams to divvy up that same same pool of money for. I'm, I'm wondering if this could set off yet another round of people saying, you know what, this conference isn't worth it anymore and starting to look for ways out the door. Yeah, absolutely. Because if a school like Florida State were to leave, then ESPN, the media rights partner, would have the right to renegotiate those contracts because they're not going to pay the same amount of money that they agreed to when Florida State was in the conference, right? And yeah, we, we, we pair Clemson with Florida State because they're kind of the you know strongest team over the last decade. But I think that makes sense. I don't think Florida State would leave without probably another partner. They've said that they don't want to go independent. They're not going to become Notre Dame. And I think we're saying, you know, the SEC is a logical, you know, geographical fit, right, um, for both of those schools, Florida State and Clemson. But, you know, I think there will be some pushback uh, internally from the SEC, you know, uh, at least a little bit, right? You have uh, the University of Florida. They don't want another Florida school being in the SEC. You have University of South Carolina. They don't want their rival Clemson in the SEC. So I, I think the Big Ten could be a, a dark horse contender for either or both of those schools as well. And, you know, this goes back a couple years, but uh, at one point, uh, North Carolina was floated as a possibility to potentially get poached by the Big Ten. Um, you know, not necessarily for football prowess, but, you know, strong basketball school and, a, you know, a great academic reputation, which I think the is held in a higher regard by the university presidents who ultimately make these decisions um, than maybe more so than your average college sports fan. Yeah, that's a great point. Obviously, it takes two to tango here. They can't just waltz into the SEC. Um, and the SEC might feel like they're big enough. They, they've got a lot of the biggest schools. They're, they're already, you know, they've got a huge media rights deal. Um, they might not feel like they need Florida State. Um, and whereas, you know, Florida State and Clemson are probably a lot more valuable to the ACC than they would be to the SEC. So, yeah, it seems like those schools are big enough and popular enough that someone will want them. But, yeah, it doesn't have to be the SEC, even though that's sort of the where everyone's kind of naturally pointing them. Yeah. And I think something to look at, this is still way down the road, but the Big Ten's media rights deals, although they just started, will be up in 2030. And I think that's probably a logical place for them to say, hey, we could rethink our entire makeup. Um, You know, do we want to bring Florida State in then? And they don't want they're not going to want to wait that long. Right. But, you know, these things do take time. You know, these schools announce that they're leaving and then it's two, three years down the road. And then, you know, sometimes you have a Texas, Oklahoma get to leave a year early or, or something of that nature. So that's that's what I'm watching. Yeah, very interesting. David Rumsey, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks, Owen. That's it for today. We'll be off on Christmas, back the next day. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the holidays. If you want to leave us a present, drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs>